Let's go ahead and kick off. We still got some arriving, but that's okay. We respect to your time. We're two o'clock straight up Eastern. So, welcome to webinar number two of the Unspoken Sale. My name is Jay Niblick. We're going to be talking about establishing the personality baseline today. This is a follow-on to the previous webinar number one. You sh should have all received that email. If you haven't, just go to theunspokensale.com and you'll find it there. And this one will be posted up. Uh, probably Monday morning, give us the weekend to do all the post-production. With me as well again today is Matt Kubler. Matt's going to run the majority of this. Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what your background is. Once again, Jay, thanks for having me. Um, I really am enjoying this whole uh, webinar experience. Um, I'm a 25-year military and law enforcement um, veteran, uh, served four years in military intelligence, I'm working with a vast array of different uh, special forces units, um, and then I went on to become a, a police officer. I've uh, been doing that for 20 years in many different capacities. I've worked uh, patrol, SWAT for 12 years uh, as a team leader, undercover with Homeland Security. I've worked with a lot of great guys, and uh, I've helped to get all of my uh, my knowledge that I'm sharing with you today. And Matt, I'll speak for Matt here because this would be very difficult, I think, to say, but Matt is a world authority on understanding the hidden messages, the body language, what people are really feeling that they're sending through their nonverbal communication. And that's why we put this program on. Again, Unspoken Sale, for those that didn't make the first webinar, is about understanding body language and nonverbal communications to improve communications. It's called the Unspoken Sale. It's targeting mostly salespeople. But independent consultants, actual professional salespeople, even managers and leaders need to sell. Sell an idea, if you're a manager or a leader, sell a concept. Uh, I don't think we've tossed spouses into this, but every once in a while maybe we need to sell something to our spouses. But uh, I never make, make I never close those sales, by the way. But we're going to talk today about the very first aspect, as Matt describes in his program, in his book, The Unspoken Sale. So if we've got a little housekeeping here, you're all muted. But you can ask questions, and with us is, is our partner, Jim Caudell, who's monitoring the questions. On your dashboard there, you'll see a questions drop box. You can click the arrow, and it drops down. And you can type your questions in. And we're going to see that those are asked. We'll try to address them as we go through, since it makes more sense to address them right then and there. So as you have questions, go ahead and type them in. Jim's going to interrupt if he needs to to let us know, and we'll try to address them right then and there. And if there's any leftover that we haven't taken care of, then we'll go ahead and hit them. So I'll turn it over to Matt. Matt's going to cover step one of how to work with the unspoken sale. And Matt, please take over and tell us what's a baseline read. Thanks, Jack. Um, there's three things that you need to realize when you get into a baseline. A baseline is, is basically just setting the tone for the read later on. Um, there's three that we, we deal with mostly in the unspoken sale. First one's the environmental, second is the personality, and third is the norm. Today we're going to deal specifically with the personality. Um, there will be a webinar uh, forthcoming where the other two will be addressed. Uh, personality baseline. So that's it's quite simply the natural behavioral style of any one person. And each individual is different from the next. So you have to address each one on its own merit each time that you come across a new individual. Um, their personality controls how they like to communicate and ultimately, in, in this context, how they like to purchase. Establishing that baseline read, that personality baseline, 
Um, you really need to understand the personality and, and actually the way you know we're going to explain it here is their buying style. Um, that will ultimately um, allow you to be more successful as a salesperson. Once you figure out what their personality type is or their buying style, it's, it's your leg up in the interaction and the negotiation phase of, of your interaction. Um, understanding their personality traits will then allow you to then understand if there's possible body language and behavior traits that are, that are going to go along with each individual buying style. Um, knowing this is, is valuable intelligence that you need to have going into a read. Establishing that baseline, understanding what is the, the most neutral level and then building off from that is, is the best way to go about making a read. Um, and then you're going to learn the four different kind of buying styles through the Intermetrics Disk Index. Um, and then there'll be a corresponding body language traits that go along with each buying style. I'm going to give you a little history on DISC. Um, it was developed in 1928 by Professor William Marston from Harvard, um, who also is known as the inventor of the polygraph. Um, through his book titled uh, Emotions of Normal People, he figured out that there are four different primary types of, of behaviors, the dominant, the influencing, the steadiness, and the compliant. Um, his theory was that uh, each of these four dimensions of behavior exists in everybody but we tend to focus on one or more primarily than the others um, as a primary behavioral style. Um, the primary style equates to what that person's, in, in this instance, their primary buying style is, and that the impact that that has is um, huge as far as how you're going to sell to them. And this theory is obviously, um, since it was 1928 when it was created, is one of the oldest and most widely used of its kind in the world, and hundred million people around the world have used it. Alright, you'll see here a little graph on your screen. Um, this uh, tells you about the four hidden buying styles. Um, you have the decisive in the red, interactive in the yellow, stabilizing in the green, and cautious in the bluish color there on the right. Um, if you can read down underneath on the high end, you're going to be, for a D, we'll give an example, a, high, a person who's considered a high D is demanding, driving, and forceful, uh, versus a low D, it would be conservative, mild, agreeable, and unobtrusive, and the same for each one of the other three buying styles. So you can uh, use that as a reference point um, later on as this thing progresses. And you'll see here, uh, <laughs> Bill, bottom line, um, he is a, uh, a high D personality. Um, each one of the quadrants has uh, a different type of uh, trait within the personality of a high D um, in a little bit uh, comical sense, but it, it gives you an idea of the kind of person you're going to be dealing with. It's contemporary pictures, by the way. Yes, they're straight out of 2012, um, especially the mustache. And the phone. And the, oh yeah, I didn't even notice the phone. Good job. So some, some key uh, behavioral tendencies of a uh, high D buying style, obviously direct and driven. Um, they focus on the bottom line. They need to be in control and most likely uh, strive to be the boss. They're competitive and ambitious and uh, naturally they don't like to trust people. And I like to put sales keys in here, things that you need to pay attention to if you're dealing with a high D. And, and the most important one is that it has to be their idea 
and it has to be done their way. All right, Joe Bag of Donuts. Um, I, as a police officer, I, I find this one comical, um, hence the Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> which, by the way, I get every single day if I'm going in to get a coffee. I'm six foot three, 220 pounds, um, and I'm in pretty good shape, and I always get the, so you're going in to get a donut, and if, if that's what donuts get you, then I'm happy to go get one. Do you ticket their car later? Sometimes. So this is the high eye personality. Um, obviously, once again, it's a little bit on the over-dramatized, but, but you get the point, disorganized, things like that. So the buying style, the eye, the high influencer type person, they're obviously influential and social and outgoing. Um, they're team-oriented, which um, you know, if you're outgoing and social, you want to be around more people, so that makes sense. Very energetic. Obviously extroverted and gregarious, they're going to be the life of the party. They don't deal well with rejection. Um, they're very trusting um, and probably will talk too much, meaning they're going to reveal some things they shouldn't. Um, and sales key for this, expect longer sales calls because they are going to talk, but make sure you stay on point and, and are continuing to be socializing. So Steady Eddie here, that's the high C. I'm sorry, high S. He is, uh, you know, your your normal, very conservative, calm, laid-back kind of guy. The buying style for the steadfast person, very steady and stable. He's going to cooperate. Once again, team-oriented, very helpful. He's going to probably be a support staff person versus being out front in the leadership role. He's going to listen well. He's going to be the guy that you go to and isn't going to interrupt you when you're talking. He's going to be very loyal. He's going to work to see that each thing that he's involved with gets completed. They're not really open to change. They like to keep that their life and their, especially professionally, consistency is key in their life. And they don't like conflict and they want to make sure everybody's getting along and, and working towards the same goal. Make sure that, though, for the sales key, you're taking your time and don't push too hard with them. Give them some security and let them know that things are, are, you know, what's going to be happening. Give them some foreshadowing before you ask them to commit to buy. One thing I'll add in here is, is as a company that studies behavior and disc, this is the most common type you'll run into. Of the four styles, D, I, S, or C, S is the most populous in most of the developed worlds, United States and Europe, statistically. I mean, hard empirical numbers. So as much as 50% of the population is a high S, number one S. So the odds are good that you flip a coin, you're likely trying to sell to a high S. So make sure you study these even more. And if you're not a high S, if you're a high D, you're the number one person to be in conflict with the high S because you're going to come at them fast and hard and want the decision. Let's go. Can we close the sale right now? And nothing will kill a high S sale faster. So. Pay special attention to this one because this is going to be the one you talk to more than anybody else. And on that note, Jay, the one that you're going to fail the most at if you refuse to acknowledge that you have to come at each individual person dependent on their buying style versus just coming at them as with your selling style. Finally, uh, the last person we're going to deal with is the high C, and we got Tommy Technical here. He's the data cruncher, books guy, accountant, HR. I'm sorry, the the guy that you're going to for uh, statistics and is going to be very organized. 
So obviously with the C, compliant means he's going to be compliant. Uh, it's going to be cautious and want to be correct with everything. Attention to details, very systematic and structured in both his personal and professional lives. You may not believe it, but he's very ambitious, but he will do so in a passive way. They'll use their structured nature to ensure their success and don't take their quietness and their lack of assertiveness as weakness because they are very determined to be correct and get things done at the right times and, and with the, the right results. With this uh, type of person, the sales key is going to be don't make mistakes. You don't want to have typos. Make sure you're, you're consistent in the message you're giving and always provide enough details and proof for anything that you're stating. Once again, the four uh, personal buying style type people, the high B's bill bottom line, the high I Joe bag of donuts, the high S is Tommy technical, and the high C, I'm sorry, is the, the high S is steady Eddie and the high C is Tommy technical. So now that we've covered the basics of the four buying styles, let's figure out how we can tell what a person is through an interaction using their behavior traits and their body language. So uh, I'm sure you all wished you knew how someone can tell what kind of hand a poker player has, and that's kind of what we're going to deal with in this program. You're going to be learning some tells that a person with a particular buying style or personality trait is going to display or show you. Um, you're going to learn how to identify what the tells are, and then that'll help you then communicate better with that person. Now, you're not going to be an expert at it, but you will get some tools today that you can use tomorrow to close some sales calls. All right, some D's tells, the high D tells. When you're talking with a high D, um, some things you're going to notice, they're going to be straightforward and upfront. They're going to appear confident. They're going to be secure and comfortable in speaking out, which means they're probably going to try and dominate a conversation. They're unafraid to confront difficult issues or ask sensitive questions. They're not big believers in lots of data or specifics. You might feel they're a little bit aggressive, and at times, they may be hurried or impatient, make, make you feel like they want this meeting to end, but all they want you to do is get to the point. Some body language and behavior traits you'll see in a high D. When they're standing in front of you or sitting in front of you, they're going to want to dominate your personal space. So if you're sitting on a chair across from a desk, they may actually come around from the desk and sit on the edge of the desk right in front of you in your personal space. So those are some, some things you need to, to pay attention to. And if you're standing with them, they're definitely going to be right there close to you within that three-foot window that you feel comfortable with. Facial expressions, uh, they most likely will appear stoic, meaning they're not going to show a lot of emotion. And they like to make you feel uncomfortable. So they may appear uninterested or look overly intense to make you feel weird. Their eye contact, they're going to be locked on with a stare. They can roll their eyes at, at times when you're, you're saying something that maybe they they don't quite agree with, and they may look away to act uninterested on purpose. Look away, look at the clock, look at the computer screen, look at something, maybe their PDA, their laptop, something. Hand positioning, their palms will be open. They may point their fingers a lot, whether it's touching a table or touching the hand or pointing at you. Um, and when you shake their hand, this is a really good indicator, it's going to be very firm, almost to the point where they're trying to crush your hand. So looking for these kinds of signs is what we're basically using to determine 
without being able to profile this person, obviously, looking for these things, the way they walk into the room, their overall attitude, eye contact, body positioning, handshakes. This is going to, if I see these signs, what you're saying is, I can start going down a trail of enough of these. I'm pretty confident I'm dealing with a high D, and then the purposes are knowing that, adjusting the way I'm communicating with them effectively. Yeah, with knowing the buying style, what the potential personality traits are, you can then match up and marry up certain behavior and, and body language traits, which are then going to give you a better than, I'd say, 80% factual understanding of what type of person you're dealing with, and then you can adjust your sales call appropriately. All right, let's go on to the high eyes. High eyes are usually very talkative, energetic, they're social, very expressive, like to use their hands a lot when they're talking. A lot of facial movement, a lot of facial gestures, eyebrows raising and lowering, smiling, not smiling. And they're very skilled with communicating with others, and they're very smooth talkers. Some body position traits that we're going to see, they're going to be very open and inviting. You're not going to feel dominated. You're not going to feel as if someone's trying to take your personal space. It's going to be very inviting and friendly, as if you're talking to your best friend. They'll sit and stand in a very comfortable position relative to you, so they're not going to be um, trying to close in on you. They're going to be facing you. They're going to be relaxed. They're not going to be standing there rigid or uptight. Some facial expressions, they're going to smile appropriately, and when they do, they're like I said, they're going to have a lot of movement in their eyebrows, in their eyes, their cheeks, their mouth. Very expressive. Their eye contact is going to be, once again, warm and inviting. There's not a real particular you know, one eye open, one eye closed. There's, there's really nothing you can say is it's specific to, an, to a high eye, but it's going to be something where you go, I, I don't feel intimidated. And it's, everybody has that inside them, that little bit of a spidey sense, I call it. And it's going to be very consistent with the conversation you're having. Hand positioning, they, they're probably going to be touchy-feely. You may get the bro hug. They may touch your arm when they're speaking to you. Their hands are always going to be in view and probably moving a lot. And when they shake hands, it's going to be solid, but not one that you go, out oh, they're trying to rip it off my arm. The high S, the steady Eddie. They're going to be quiet, uh, at least relative to the high D and high I's. They're going to have less outward confidence and going to be more reserved. They'll be the most patient of the four, and they're going to be willing to listen to you. And they probably have a system they like to follow when dealing with most of their life. Some body positioning traits you're going to see, uh, very similar to the high eye because they're not, um, they're not going to try and dominate you. They're going to be very relaxed and reserved. The only thing you may see is they may be leaning away from you a lot. It's, they're not going to be leaning forward and trying to touch and, and, and things like that. There's going to be some, some definite space, but they're not going to be uptight. They're just going to be a little bit in that reserved look. Facial expressions, they're going to nod their head a lot because they're listening. So they're going to agree with what you're saying or acknowledge that you're saying something. They may uh, have some demonstrative eye movement with their eyebrows and their small little facial muscles. With Depending on what you're saying, you're going to see that expression change depending on the topic you're speaking of. Um, but they're not going to show a lot of emotion. They're not going to be happy or sad. It's just going to be a lot of movement. Ironically, I think on this uh, slide, I'll apologize to all the high C's on here and UDs and I's that uh, are listening didn't even notice, but the last bullet has a little typo in it. So, funny enough, but that's the kind of thing that a high C would definitely pick up 
if you're interacting with a high D or an I and there is anything in front of them that's a typo or a mistake, one of the ways to confirm they're a high D or I is that they probably didn't notice it or mention it. More than anything else, a high C, if I was giving a presentation to a group of high Cs, they'll confirm high C-ness by stepping out and pointing out a typo like we have here in the third bullet. So that's just another way of knowing, hey, I know they like a lot of detail, but if I have a mistake, they will definitely be the ones who call me on it, yet confirming even more based on all the other signs, that's a high C. It's very rare that a high D or I even says, hey, you misspelled that. They, one, they don't usually notice it. Two, they don't necessarily care. So my contact traits you're going to see, they're going to be very attentive, almost too attentive at times, because they are so conditioned to be listeners, you're going to feel as if they're, you're waiting for them to say something or do something other than sit there and listen. Hand positioning, they're going to have open palms, but probably very specific on where they're at, probably flat down on their lap or on the table if they're sitting behind a desk or a conference table. They will use their, their hands to touch their face when they're thinking, and they will give a solid handshake, but they won't linger with the handshake for very long. It'll be in and out pretty quickly. Finally, the high C's are going to be very deliberate. They're going to be interested in lots of detail. They will be quiet and reserved, maybe even look timid. But as Jay pointed out, the minute they see a typo, they become very, very uh, demonstrative in pointing out those things because that's what really gets their crawl. And they're perfectionists. They need to have accuracy and they're very analytical. Their body positioning will be open, but will close quickly if they feel intimidated, especially for you high D's or even the high I's who are too touchy-feely. You come out of high C that way, they're going to close off very quickly. They may slouch in their chair if they're unsure, or they may be overly rigid if they're intimidated. Their facial expressions, uh, they will not be very emotional, so you're going to have a very tough time with a high C getting anything out of their face as far as if you're trying to read their face. Um, they're going to be stoic or, or have a concerned look. They're, as far as their facial expressions, they're going to be very uh, clean-shaven, mustache will be well-groomed, hair is going to be in order. Um, that's just the attention to detail of a high C. Eye contact. Sorry, we don't have the word eye in there. Um, but they're going to look away a lot if they are, are afraid or intimidated. That's the real big one there. And then finally, the hand positioning. The palms will be open, but probably flat down, just like an S. Um, and they more than likely will not talk with their hands. They're going to be very, um, like I said, reserved. They're not going to be outward in any one particular emotion. So before we start the summary here, I didn't say it up front, I think, but we were shooting for a 30-minute time, and we want to leave time for questions because everybody's busy, I know. Um, what we do in the classroom training that we do is go practice these. Take these. You're going to get the video, so keep the video. You can take your notes. And go out and just as you're interacting with other people over the course of the next week or two, practice warming up. What do you call it, Matt? Your your senses, your your you see it all the time, but it goes without looking. Start looking for certain things. Start evaluating how does this person come at me? How's their handshake? And in these areas, 
and warming up your noticing these things consciously, would you say? Everybody is paying attention. You just don't know you're paying attention. It's a matter of taking that subconscious awareness and turning it into your conscious awareness. So we tell people in our classroom training all the time, over the course of the next week or two, practice what you're actually noticing. You're noticing it, but pay specific attention to it. And keep notes. Uh, in the first video, you'll see that there's a little uh, cheat sheet that we put up on there. And you can start taking, uh, making ticky marks of, hey, they were more laid back or more uptight, more aggressive, more, more uh, persistent, more, you know, so on and so forth. Practice on everybody you run into, evaluating, do I think they're more the high D, I, S, or C? It's the practice and noticing these things that you are aware of on a conscious level, as Matt said, that's going to develop your ability to make use of them. Because once you know I'm dealing with a high D, I, S, or C, I know how to communicate. I know how they like to hear things. And short note here, that doesn't mean I have the ability to lie to them more effectively. It doesn't mean I can control them. Matt, take just a second, if you don't mind, talking about being aware of somebody's body language doesn't mean that I have any more ability to manipulate them or control them. It's really how do I communicate most effectively where they'll hear it. And that's, I mean, there is, there's a lot to be said, especially um, when it, deal, it comes to dealing with people's personalities and their, their nonverbal body language. In one sense, it's a, it's a very mild form of manipulation because you're not allowing them to know that you are doing that, you're reading them. Um, but in essence, all you're trying to do is find a more effective way to communicate so that the end result is what it is you are trying to get from them, which is, in your situation, selling them something. That person may not have had a conscious knowledge that he wanted to buy something that day, but it is your job when you make that first interaction to convince them that today's the day to buy. And in order to do that more effectively, understanding their personality and their buying style, and then ultimately the body language that goes along with that, is going to help you reach that goal quicker. It is a, a minor manipulation because they don't know what's happening, but we're not, you know, we're not mind bending here. It's just a matter of getting uh, the means to an end through a tool that not many people have. So in the first five to ten minutes of your encounter, make sure you're paying specific attention to how they act. The, the, the conscious awareness is really what we're working on through the baseline reads, the three different kinds. Even before you meet them, you can watch how they walk in, how they approach you, what their behavior is like. Are they uptight? Are they confident like a D or an I? Or maybe reserved or somewhat shy or timid like an S or a C? And at one point, you're, if you, you got a pretty better than 50% chance that if you think they're a D or an I, they're probably one of those two or an S or a C. It rarely will you see a D and an S together or an I and a C together. This should help eliminate two of the four. So if you, if you think it's either a D or an I, you got a, a pretty good head start. And then you can narrow it down based on the different type of personality traits that you see. Pay attention when you first meet them, how quickly they jump into the questions. A high D is going to try and dominate the conversation, force you to go down their path rather than allowing you to, to set the pace. A high eye is going to want to have social interaction throughout the entire conversation before you get any meat and potatoes. And S is going to sit there and listen and wait for you to come at them with the proper questions they're waiting for. And a high C just wants to wait for the details. If you start talking too much, you're going to lose them. Like I said, the high D's and the C's will want to get there fast, while the I's and the S's will want to take a little bit more time. 
So would this equate to sociability? If I'm meeting somebody for the first time, more likely than not, uh, the D's and C's, if you're if I'm understanding you correctly, are going to shake your hand. What can I do for you today? You know, I mean, immediately, what are we doing? Versus the I's and S's, which are more social and how are you and how long you've been with the company and what about your business and you know, how are you married? Do you have kids? So the D's and C's go into that immediate mode down to business, let's get it done right now, and I's and S's break out into, you'll notice a lot more of a social warm-up period? Absolutely. The professional side of these personalities, especially the D's and C's, don't have the desire to get to know you. That's not part of the, the professional makeup that they have. The I's and the S's, whether it's professional or social, are going to be the same way. Uh, D's and C's can have some social changes in their personalities, but in a professional state, they're going to want to get to the point and get there fast. A little side note from my experience, it's, it's funny, I think D's and C's have grown up being told they need to socialize a little bit more and not be quite so serious. Um, it's not just the words they say. It's, it, we're talking about nonverbal. So the words, even for some D's and C's that I've met, are, how are you? you know, how's business? It's the demeanor. Um, so I've seen a lot of D's and C's that go over some role, some script that they've been told, look, you can't just jump straight in, try to meet, try to socialize, but watch their expressions. They're kind of like, okay, I got to get through these daggum questions. So how are you, uh, you know, how long you've been with the company? But the way they're putting it off is like, okay, can we get through with these things? I'm asking a question and looking at my iPhone while he's talking because I got to ticky off my list here of things I've been told I should do to socialize more. but. I just can't wait to get through this painful part and get right to the big discussion. Yeah, that's very true. And the reality is that as a if the, if the person you're selling to is doing that to you, he's not doing it because he's trying to gauge you. He's doing it because it's a, uh, a forced thing that's happening to him. He's not trying to find out whether or not your buying your selling style is meeting his buying style. He's just going through what he believes is the proper way to conduct an interview or an interaction. As a seller, and knowing how to read body language and understanding personality and behavior traits, you're not going to go through the motions like he's going through. You're going to change your approach to sell to his particular buying style. Knowing he's a high D and he doesn't really care about what you're saying, you're going to change your approach and you're not going to come across as disingenuous. You're going to come across as somebody who is a skilled salesperson in their field. Another summarization here that we need to go over is the high D's and C's, they're, they're going to want to challenge you, whether it's challenge you, challenging you as a high D um, just for dominance in the conversation or as a high C for the facts of, of what you're speaking. Um, D's will do it because they, they're, that's just who they are. They're, they're always going to want to have a leg up on everybody and they're the winner at everything. Very competitive. High C's will just want the details and the accuracy and that's why they're challenging a high I or a high S, on the other hand, are, they're not going to challenge you nearly as much because an I is too busy being the life of the party and getting to know you and talking. A high S, um, they, they're pretty steady and, and they don't want to have conflicts, so they're probably not going to want to offend you. So people ask what's next, and then we're going to see if, Jim, you can let us know what questions we have. Um, what's next is there's only so much that, that Matt can cover in these short 30-minute sessions. Now, there's still many more webinars to come. We'll be conducting them on Fridays for many weeks to come. So you'll be getting the emails letting you know what the topic is. Uh, Matt, next one is uh, baseline, second kind of baseline? Yeah, we're depending on the uh, how much information we can get in in 30 minutes, we're going to deal with one of the other 
remaining two baselines, either the environmental or the norm baseline. All right. And so if you're wondering what's next, go to the unspokensale.com. Uh, as long as we're running this webinar, we're doing a special discount price of $79. It's a single unit, and you're receiving, I forget how many total hours of educational videos and, and, and manuals, Matt? That's quite a bit. There's over 30 videos, um, four different MP3 audios, uh, the PDF versions of everything. It, it's action-packed. They're short videos, so it's not going to be tedious for you to watch, um, and they're all hitting the point in each one of the videos. So let's take some questions. You said 30 minutes. Uh, we're a little bit over, but you know, if you guys want to hang out, if not, make sure you go to the Unspoken Sale for those that have to take off and don't have any extra time. Go to theunspokensale.com. Check it out. All kinds of great resources. Jim, you mind telling us what questions we have specifically so we can make sure and answer those before somebody has to take off? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, first question here is from Kevin Shane. <clears throat> and can you hear me okay? I can. All right. He, he asks, is it safe to say that a high C has a closed body position? A high C, uh, closed is a, is a very, uh, I don't like the term that much because it, it's up to the interpretation of the person that's looking at the body position. A C will look intimidated or shy. So they will have slouched slouch shoulders. Or they'll be very stiff as if they just saw a ghost and they don't want to move. Um, and they're, they're not going to have their arms crossed across their chest unless they're upset about something. So closed is a very generalized term. I just think that they're going to appear as if they're being intimidated. One of the reasons to go to the unspoken sale and actually purchase the program is these are all elaborated on. In the videos, you're actually seeing video examples of body language and, and what that might look like. So you can see visually what he's describing, what Matt's describing, from handshakes to turning it over to you know how somebody's standing and so on and so forth. So I think that's one of the things drives me to say you've got to get the actual program is it elaborates a whole lot on questions like this. Thanks for that, Kevin. Jim? All right. And let's see. Jose asks, is it true in the first three minutes, you in the first three minutes you need to be positive uh, to not to close the conversation, I think is what he's asking, and smile most of the time? Um, kind of a general question. I'm not sure directly where he's, how he's going with that. Well, I think what he's asking about is getting that, that baseline. So the baseline is five to ten minutes normally, um, and depending on how well you are versed in, in, in conversation and how much intelligence you've gathered about your prospect, which we'll talk about in the next webinar, will help you uh, formulate that conversation to where it can last five to ten minutes and you can get the proper baseline reads that you need to make. Um, smiling is always good. Uh, you can never go wrong with being happy. You don't ever want to come across as being anything less than energetic and excited to be where you're at because that's what the, what the prospect is going to want to know, whether or not you want to be there to sell to them. So to answer your question, there, there's no real time limit, but you, you know, if you're dealing with a high C and a high D, you know, the time limit will become infinitely shorter because they have less time to listen. Very good. Thanks, Jose, for that. Jim? All right. Guilherme? Uh, Guilherme? hope I'm pronouncing it right, says, asks, some people think that looking in the eyes for a long time during a conversation is bad uh, or is being too invasive. I guess he's asking if you, if you could elaborate on that. Absolutely. Um, you don't ever want to be locked on in a stare. Um, if you have the conscious ability, always every 30 seconds, look away, but don't look away for long. It's just a break of the, the, 
you know, if he's noticing you're staring and you look away, it's just enough to break that tension. Um, but if you're adding a nod with the with the look, if you're looking at them in the eyes and you're nodding and you're smiling and your your facial expressions are changing with the conversation's tone, then then continuing the eye contact is not always a bad thing. You just don't want to be in that dead dead on stare that's going to make somebody feel uncomfortable. And a little trick I've learned is you want to eye contact as a way of showing you're attentive to them. You always want to be attentive, but there's other places to look besides the middle of their pupils, which can freak out a lot of people, myself included. So if they're high eyes or S's, they may be expressive and talking with their hands. You take your gaze off of their eyeballs, but still stay attentive to them by looking at another part of their body. Be smart about this, obviously, but their hands. If their hands are moving around, you can take off and look at their hands. And if they're high C's or D's, you can take a look at what they're pointing at or if they're tapping their pad. You're still attentive, but you're not freaking them out by staring at them the entire time. All right, Jim. All right. Sean asks, what is your take on the reality that there is a is often a blend of one or more of the styles, and how do you interact with them as a result? Well, I'll answer that first, and that you can dig. Um, there is a blend. I mean, in my business, we're actually profiling individuals with a psychometric tool. We're completing it. It's a 10 or 15 minute kind of exercise. And everybody is a blend. And, and as Matt said in here, we have all four, a D, an I, an S, and a C score. So every human is a complete blend. For our purposes here, we have to break it out into D, I, S, or C based on which is the most dominant. Uh, if we say a high D, that high D that he's been talking about is still going to have an I, an S, and a C score. But since we're not able to profile them, and some of the advanced programs that I know Matt's working on right now are going to have a focus on different patterns so we can incorporate this person's a high D, I, with a low SC. But we don't have the ability to get that granular, so you have to kind of pick on which one we think is the lead. And I, I'll just, personally, myself, I am across the board, a D, I, and S, all above 70%. D is still my strongest of the three, but I'm very uh, strong in both as far as the, my score. So I can be sold to in a, in a variety of different ways, and that's something that allows me to have a little bit more of a leg up on the person that's selling to me because I can change on the fly a little bit easier. But somebody who is super high D and, and very low in the other three, you only have that one chance to talk to them because they're going to dominate the high D personality. So um, there will be blends, and that's going to help you. If they are a high D and a high I, let's say, you're going to have two different personalities that you could potentially sell to and, and not be as need to be as refined in your approach. And you need to get the unspoken sale again because there's a whole lot of detail we're not able to go into in these shorter calls. But inside the unspoken sale, Matt's going to teach you the traffic signal system, the red lights and green lights. So if you have somebody who's probably, you know, maybe very close, DI or a DS, let's say, you know, more of the three pattern like, like Matt here has, then as you're going through 20 minutes in, 10 minutes in, you're able to see red lights and green lights, which will help you refine. Maybe they're not 100% pure D. Maybe they're not all high S. Maybe I'm seeing something else that comes in there. And red lights and green lights will help you identify that. Every interaction you have is an opportunity to get even more accurate a read. 
Jim, uh, in the interest of time, how many more questions do we have? Because I want to address them, but I also don't want to keep everybody longer than we told them we would. We're already 10 minutes into that. Oh, absolutely, Jay. Actually, uh, the questions have poured in uh, quite amazingly. So um, one person asked, uh, typically, how long is the training? The, the video training is as long as it takes you to watch videos. Um, In-house training, uh, we can tailor it depending on what the needs are of the client. Um, the videos are, are all encompassing. There's over 30. They're anywhere from a minute to five minutes long. Um, so the amount of time you can spend in one sitting is how long it will take. Probably, I would say, about an hour and a half to two hours of, of total time taken. Uh, and you add in practice times and the exercises in between, I think you're probably about a four-hour program. And one of the things that I like that Matt's done is he's pulled the audio out and put them into podcasts, MP3 files. So you can take them with you in, your, uh, in the car or on the drive or on your iPad, iPod. Um, and, you know, we don't plan on coming out with any cassettes like I used to listen to when I was in sales way back. But you can take these digitally with you, and it helps reinforce it. Jim, what else do you have? Oh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> sorry, here they keep coming in here. I'm just let me just skip to the ones I've already um, see. Where can we see a sample video clip? Well, I can easily answer that one. If you sign up, you actually get some excerpts from your uh, from Matt's uh, program. Um, yeah, just go to unspokensale.com, and there are several right there, right? Absolutely. All right. Uh, here's a question from Renee. Is there a way to make an assessment before you meet them on the phone so you will know how to make the presentation? There are some more advanced techniques, um, you know, as far as using profiles in your marketing and things, and we do cover those in other discussions where we've got clients out there you'd run across on the internet where they're giving away an actual profile. Um, but no, not beforehand. You really have to do this live in person or even on the phone. You eliminate your ability to visually see things, but you can even tell from the tone of the discussion and what the discussion is about, this person's going straight, you know, either DI or SC is usually the easiest way to go. Jim? Okay. Let's see here. Um, we've got... Marcia says, I'm a high C person. What pitfalls to avoid when selling to people? What pitfalls are there when selling to people? Well, Matt first, then I'll give a real example of one of our consultants just last month. Uh, understanding the fact that you're a high C is, is you're way ahead of the game. So understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are going to help you tailor your approach to um, selling to someone who's obviously uh, going to be different than you. So I would say as a high C, you're actually not at a disadvantage. You may feel that you are because you're, uh, you may lack um, the, the assertiveness that a high D has. Uh, but I think a high C, you're actually... The total package because you have the attention to detail. You're very organized. You understand exactly what it is that needs to be accomplished to to get to your goals. What I would tell you to do is to understand that you need to be a little bit more open, a little bit more assertive, and maybe a little bit more friendly in your approach. Um, that that's going to open things up for you, and then you'll be able to see the response of the person that you're you're speaking to. That's going to, especially if you're dealing with a high I or high D you're going to see that they're going to be a little bit more open to, to buying from you. Just last month, uh, we had a great case study where one of the consultants, one of our consultants at Intermetrics, uh, very high C, and the, the key message is being aware of that, as you, you've admitted, which, like Matt, I think you're way ahead of the game. 
is realizing that there are three other types and your way of communicating is not right for everybody and the biggie to me is not everybody looks at the world the same way I do. Um, maybe no one else in the world looks at the same way I do, but um, I've been told the high C needs to appreciate, as with the IS and D, not everybody wants what you want. So the easiest mistake to make is I will sell in the way I like to buy. And if you're, and that's for anybody. So if you're a high C and you're talking to somebody who's not a high C, you present information assuming that's the way you would like it presented to you. It's kind of like the golden rule of death. You know, sell to others as they would like, as we would like them to sell to you. Not true. The golden rule falls on its face on this one. And this consultant went in with the, an approach of trying to sell things. New consultant, right out the gate, you know, here's 10 pages of evidence. Uh, here's a 16-page proposal uh, going right in with, let me start talking. The presentation began with science and five slides of here's what the science was about and here's the empirical research that he conducted and here's selling to a high D within five minutes of opening the presentation that person was already irritated and struggling to keep attentive so knowing your tendencies and how to stop them after you can figure out what their you know the prospect is Jim is there any way we can capture these questions I know that we've come up on uh, you know 246 now Actually, what I thought we might be able to do is when we send out the video link, we're recording this, uh, Matt's willing to answer every one of the questions in that email that goes out to everybody. I'm just, I want to be sensitive because I can tell people. Absolutely. And Jay, actually, actually, I answered part of the questions myself. Uh, they were just talking about the membership site. Uh, they thought some of the people thought that it was being sent to them via email. I told them that there was a membership site that they'll actually be going to if they sign up for the unspoken sale. Then there's only one other question. Uh, that's uh, from Jose again, and he says if he is in a group setting where he's pitching to a group, how should he interact with them? Should he try to identify the leader and close the attention to him? That's the question. All right, Matt, and then Nick. The key uh, in a group setting is uh, just like in in Animal Kingdom. You want to go to the the top of the food chain. Um, if the person, if there's five people in the room and only one has the buying power, then that's the person you're addressing. You want the one with the checkbook and the one with the decision making power, and that's going to be the personality that you're going to address and try to tailor your approach to. That's the easiest answer to that question. And I know that uh, we just did a program here in the States a couple months back, Matt, and in a smaller group, you're able to, over the course of 15 or 20 minutes, as there's interaction with those members, start to get a feel for who's who in the room. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. There's going to be, uh, especially if you put in question and answer sessions throughout each segment of time that you're, you're instructing, if you have an hour-long uh, segment and you want to have a question and answer session, you can learn from the questions that are being asked and the body language of the person that's asking that. As I'm in front of a class of 50 people, I'm paying attention to the body language of every single person that's sitting there because I want to find out what types of personalities are sitting in front of me. And then during the breaks, you're going to get people come up and ask you questions personally, and you'll take the information you gained from watching them throughout the hour that you were speaking and then build on that when they have that one-on-one -on -one time with you during the break. So you're able to create kind of an overall culture of the team, the five, the 10, the whatever small group is in front of you and speak more to that as you go on. One of the other techniques that I've found very beneficial, because I do a lot of speaking, is if I'm totally blind, if I have no idea, or, you know, I've been in front of five and 600 people auditorium groups, there's no way I can measure everybody in there. 
So if I can't get a feeling based on the content of the room, if I'm presenting to a bunch of attorneys or you know an association of lawyers, I can get a little bit of a feel based on the fact that I'm speaking to engineers or accountants or scientists or school teachers, what the likelihood is that they're more of a high S or a C or an I. But if I'm totally blind, if I'm getting ready to make statements, I will eliminate or neutralize the potential. If you give somebody permission to be irritated or to be not you know, happy with what's going on, if you put it out there, then you're addressing it. So the example I use is, if I'm getting ready to give a 30,000 foot overview on a slide behind me, and I don't know the room, I will preface the slide by saying, look, now we're going to stick at 30,000 feet. I know there's some of you that may need a lot more detail. So in other words, you're speaking to the counter of what is happening. So what's happening is 30,000 feet with few details. Speak to the counter audience that may be out there that you don't know. So likely we're going to stick to 30,000 feet. I know there's some of you that may need a lot more detail, quote unquote, but I'm glad to go over that at the end or I'm glad to talk to you afterwards. If I feel I need to put a slide up that's too much detail, speak to the counter. I'm going to go into the next two slides. It's a lot of detail. And I know some of you out there may think it's minutiae, but we're getting a little pedantic. But let's just bear with me a minute. I'm going to this level because it's important. So I'm not going to irritate the high seas in the room with that much detail, but I'm prefacing what may be perceived negatively by the high Ds in the room or anything like that. I know we're going to go a little bit quickly here, and some of you would like to slow down and take more time, but here's my rational argument that we can't do that for. I know some of you would like to interact more, and I'd love to, but this size audience, we simply can't. So I'm taking a hold of what I know some people may not like about the way I'm presenting and addressing it, just putting it out there and giving it a name neutralizes it. All right? So next, go to the unspoken sale. Again, Matt's generously agreed to take all the questions that are left that we haven't covered, and he'll write the answer up as we send out the video, which again should go out next Monday. And we'll do this again next Friday on a different topic and continue. But Matt, thank you very much for being here. Anybody with any questions, Matt's address is up on the Unspoken Sale website as well, so you can ask him specifically. Um, and I'm going to charge him a big check here to not give out the street address, and otherwise I'd tell you where to go to actually ask him in person. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this was uh, you know, our second webinar, and we doubled our attendance, which is phenomenal. And uh, I appreciate your attentiveness and sticking on throughout the entire 45 minutes we spoke. And uh, trust me, next week is going to be just as important. All right. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Matt. And thank you most of all, everybody that attended or those that couldn't, you'll receive this afterwards. Thanks again. Talk to everybody next Friday. Bye.